2024 i am back on the scene with my gangster lean i just dated myself 40 years with that <laughs> good morning welcome back to love fast love talk i am so delighted one that i get to be here with you two that i'm doing this this is such a blessing to be able to sit in this big chair and talk to y'all out there listening to me good morning everybody so uh let me tell you new year's was great christmas was great it was a nice rest. It really was a nice rest. Although I taken ill for the most of it, which is, you know, a challenge uh, for me when I have a dairy episode coupled with an Ozempic side effect. It's a, uh, it's a hard, hard road. So, uh, so I spent like every other day at the cardiologist, just making sure nothing was damaged. And I'm telling you every other day, like I have to go back on Friday just to, but I will say this. Uh, he had a particular meds. You know, I was on like eight different meds for a minute. Yeah, I was on eight meds. Now I'm down to uh, three and a half. And uh, and uh, and if all goes well, we'll 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 linger a while at, uh, at three 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 and a half meds. That that is no. So all you people who are whining about Ozempic or whatever, shut up, because I'm gonna tell you something. If it gets me off all the meds and my cardiologist, that has been his goal. You know, he fat shames. He's a lot. He's a fat shamer, but I like him. And uh, I'm down to three and a half meds. So there's that, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm under 280 pounds. So there is that barely though. <laughs> like, like if I eat a cookie, it's back to 280. <laughs> But I'm a listen, whatever wins there are. And and the scale is not the only measure of anything. It is just uh it's just one of the measures that we use, those of us who are on weight loss journeys. It's just one measure. My clothes are fitting better. You know, I have timeless clothes. So so I, you know, I don't first of all, I don't invest in cheap things. Every now when something is trendy, I might buy one or two trendy pieces, you know, like that fast fashion. Just to just to stay connected, but then I'd keep it forever and ever. So, um, you know, like if I go to Mad Rag or someplace like that, you see something like, all right, this is cool, you know. And if it if it tears or whatever or shrinks or whatever, you don't care because you pay like eight dollars for it or ten dollars for it. Um, but I I've invested a lot of money in clothes over the years because I was a model and I I know it fits my body. I'm very good at fitting my body. I am excellent at dressing myself. I don't ask people nothing about what should I wear? Does this look good? I have never done it. I won't do it. Uh, I don't ask people's opinion. <laughs> I might ask my daughter, Margot or Brianna, when I'm trying to be a little trendier, that's out of my, my normal role. You know, when I'm trying to be a, a hippie hipster, you know, when I'm trying to be hipster, I was like, does this work? You know, I'll ask them when it's some trendy, millennial outfit that I'm trying to, you know, make a, a Gen Xer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not a, I'm not a Gen <laughs> you know, when this old lady is trying to like stay current, I ask them, does this work? And they'll say like, you know, if I'm wearing something and, uh, and they always, they always cheer me on. They always like, yeah, that works or do that or wear that. I was like, okay, cool. I'm on point. I try to be on point. Cause you know, that's what that's that's what having young daughters do for you. So anyway, 
Uh, so I'm feeling pretty damn good. So, but I did celebrate Christmas. I got with my friend, you know, my friends, my besties, uh, Ife and uh, Markeisha, and we exchanged uh, our gifts. And and these are the earrings that Markeisha, because I was I was whining about everybody got a pair but me. <laughs> Because Markeisha has the best earrings. Her and Ife were the best earrings. You know, if you think I got earring game, they have real serious earring game. Ife, mostly um, earring game. And that's because Ife has been, uh, she's, a, she's a little bit older than me. And I don't say that with any whatever. I'm just saying she's ahead of me on this earring game. But I hold my own, but she got some good earrings. And listen, she has tossed me a couple of pairs of earrings that don't suit her. Can you believe that? So I love it. I love when people do that. When they look at something that they have, they're like, mm, I think Baz would like this better. <laughs> and so and so I benefit. I benefit from my friend's cast-offs. No shame in my game. So Happy New Year, Paul. Happy New Year, Harry. Uh, Harry, you got to come on and tell me how you're, how to, how to, how to, where'd y'all go? Y'all went somewhere for Christmas, down south, went to Florida. Let me see your face. Make sure you back. Because, you know, I don't know what they're doing in Florida. They, they might kidnap you and hold you hostage. I don't know. But uh, it's, it's so far so good. Uh, so I got these earrings. I've got, I got all kinds of really lovely gifts. Um, I don't know where Ife found a a a, a big ass notebook uh, journal that said it's black with Paris on it. That is cool, 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 cool. I can't. I think I'm gonna take that with me. Well, it might be too heavy for me to take. Well, we'll see. Because I was thinking I might take it to Senegal. Because I'm in Senegal next month. So I was thinking I might take it. Because I'm not. I I was gonna take my my laptop, but I think I'm gonna make this a trip where I actually handwrite, just handwrite my time, you know, what I want to say and what I want to do and what I want to, you know, as the beginning of whatever it is I want to write about. And I, I think I'm having an idea of what, what that's going to look like. I'm going to spend some time with it. I'm not going to say what it is just yet, but uh, I'm, I'm toying with the idea as we speak, babies. So I think that's what I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do. If not some kind of paper product, you know, because I, I just don't want to, I, I tend to want to just travel so light to, to almost just walk on with nothing. You know what I mean? Like I really, but you know, you can't do that. I got to take some clothes. There's some things that's got to happen. So I'm going to do that. But if I could, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to pare it down. I'm, gonna eat, I'm just going to pare it down something very, very easy, easy peasy, uh, because I just don't want to carry a lot of stuff. And I want a, a suitcase to be free to bring stuff back. <laughs> so, so that's that's my thinking. <laughs> so, uh, and Lauren got me a wonderful book. I I I didn't bring everything that I have for Christmas uh, to the forefront uh, this morning because uh, I went to bed early last night. Like I actually turned my TV off at ten, um, and went to sleep. But I woke up at three which I always wake up at three. And, uh, you know, they say when you wake up at three, that is God, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some praying that needs to happen. 
God is, the Muslims believe God is closest to the earth between three and five in the morning. So I would imagine, since I feel myself very close to God, that that would be the time that he would wake my ass up and be like, you know, I'm talking. <laughs> and then I go back to sleep. I'm up for about an hour and then I go back to sleep. Well, I went back to sleep this morning and then I woke up at about eight, which was good, which was perfect, you know, so. But uh, I'm going to grind my coffee today. I need to find something to capture my coffee in. I need a, a airtight container. I just don't have one. I just, I just, I don't have one. I know, right? Go figure. But I've got some coffee that I want to grind. And I got this expensive ass Vitamixer that I don't use for much anymore. So uh, I need to, I need to go and deal with that. So let me also say congratulations to Lucy and Tom on the latest, newest, wonderful blessing. The light of the world has arrived. And then I found out Azario, Tyler, and uh, Meech are expecting their baby in June. Woo, all these babies. And, you know, shout out to the McDonald's. Uh, they've had their baby. Uh, uh, I'm waiting for my niece, Marissa, to have her baby. Uh, so life is life in y'all. People are having babies all over the place. I am surrounded by babies, which is a beautiful thing. That tells you life goes on. Life goes on in spite of the foolishness that we do in the world. Life goes on in spite of the, the stuff that men do. Life goes on. It finds a way. Life goes on in spite of all these white men trying to derail women's reproductive rights. <laughs> life goes on. <laughs> so life be life in y'all. Life be life in. So, so, so I'm excited. I, I am a new grand dom, a new grand dom auntie. And uh, I couldn't be happier. I can't wait to get my hands on that baby just for a little bit. And uh, that's where we are. So life is is abundantly wonderful. So we had our, our New Year's Eve dinner. Uh, it was nice. I cooked. I made some baked salmon and some baked asparagus and, you know, oven roasted asparagus, uh, uh, some little small potatoes. You know, Ife had a wonderful chopped salad. We had copious amounts of wine and kava, uh, and and we had dessert, which none of us ate. <laughs> so, and we, and I'm telling you, we talked so much that we missed the whole ball dropping thing. Like we just talked into the new year, which is, which is good friends, which is good friends, which is good friends, you know. And uh, I I couldn't have been happier. I couldn't have asked for a better. Uh, a better uh, uh, New Year's Eve. And uh, I got the news that Willie Ruff has passed away. Uh, I saw it on somebody's site. You know, I think he died uh, Christmas Eve or something. And uh, he was a lovely man. I, I so enjoyed that Duke Ellington uh, jazz series that he got going over the Yale School of Music. Uh, I just discovered it a few years back. Uh, and and, uh, and he would always hold tickets for me. And that was, you know... Uh, it's just uh it's it's just uh when we lose these treasures it, you feel it 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 uh you feel it so uh but he's got a body of music out there and a body of work that has not left us and so if you feel inclined play some damn willie rough music and uh get into it you know what I mean? Like, 
play some of his music. And uh, and then, you know, that's how he stays alive. Um, and the very fine and handsome Wayne Escoffery, uh, who is a lecturer uh, and director of jazz ensembles at Yale, um, um, says, uh, I cherish his legacy and profoundly grateful for the trail he blazed. And I will continue to reflect on his vast accomplishments as a source of inspiration and guidance for myself, both as a musician and as an educator. How amazing is that? And, uh, you know, we know Wayne Escoffrey, his beautiful self, uh, uh, part of the jazz legacy here in, in this city. So, uh, so yeah. So, so uh, that's some, some stuff in 2024 that went on that gives me pause. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, who's getting drones? Cops are getting drones? Oh, Lord. You know, I, I'll talk about that another day. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, a, I'm not going to. This is my first day back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead a drone conversation <laughs> for another day. That's that's what I'm. I think that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, but yeah, I had a good week off. My goal last week was to paint, but I got no painting done because I was sick, and uh, and it was just terrible. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as sick as I normally get, but it was sick enough where I just couldn't do much, and uh, and that's unfortunate. So I have to find another time in which to uh, not paint. I mean to paint you know so I've got some things that I need to do anyway I've got to rearrange some things and move some things around because I'm busting at the seams in this apartment and this is not what I want to do and I don't have enough space to put everything where I need to put it so so that's uh that comes into 2024 which is a sense of uh gives me a little bit of anxiety about uh, but other than that, I mean, if that's the only thing that gives me anxiety, then you know, I'm in a, I'm in a good space. I'm in a real good space. So, you know, uh, the inaugural happened uh, New Year's Day with all the, the folks, who uh, were elected to office, the swearing in. I was like, yay! I didn't go to that. I've not been to one of those in forever. I don't even know when the last time I was at an inaugural swearing in was it mine? I don't know. And then, uh, let's see, uh, uh, our poet laureate got to speak or give a poet, recite a poem at the inaugural uh, event. So I would have gone for that, definitely would have gone for that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, um, let me tell you, I've, uh, I've got, uh, I've got, um, Applications in, and uh, I've got applications in, and uh, I'm excited. So we're in the season of waiting. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I got I've got a couple of more to do. I'm doing them on Saturday, I believe. Uh, and uh, I'll get those in. And then I've got, uh, what else do I have to do? Uh, 
think that's it. I think that's that's it. I got a couple of more to do and then I'll be done. And then I focus on packing for Senegal solely because that'll be here before you know it. And it'll be uh, half the month of February in Senegal. I can't tell you how excited I am. Uh, the car service is booked. So, woohoo! I'm excited. I got to go get a yellow fever vaccination. So I'm, I'm planning that now. Uh, so I'm just trying to get that in. And because uh, you you can't go to their country without uh, proof of a yellow fever vaccine, and uh, so I've got to do that. I think it's gonna cost me about a hundred bucks to do it. Um, and I guess I could ask my primary care doctor, but I, from what I understand, this is not an easy thing. You know. And uh, anyway, let me just say this while I'm uh, talking about stuff. Uh, the Harvard president's resignation uh, um, gives me a great deal of uh, pause, you know, um, uh, these these white men who are trying to dismantle higher education as the last bastion of liberal thought and liberal ideas uh, should give everybody uh, the willy-woos. Uh, these white men are dangerous. Uh, they hold purse strings that are doing their best to cripple um uh these colleges and weaponize these boards against their own interests you know you know um, it is uh it gives me great pause and there's some things that I'm going to I'm going to riff about uh, in a minute, but uh, I, I, uh, if you're up on social media, Markeisha Ricks, who is a fine and talented writer, um, posted uh, uh, a, a piece about uh, the way uh, uh, Rufo, on his social media accounts, makes the makes the statement about. Uh, Christopher Rufo, a conservative activist who helped orchestrate the effort, celebrated the depart departure as a win in his campaign against elite institutions of higher education. On X, formerly Twitter, he wrote scalped as if gay was a trophy of violence invoking a gruesome practice taken up by white colonists who sought to eradicate Native Americans. You know... Uh, you know, these white men who use, use, use the history that they create, the history of violence and occupation to talk about modern things, 
is not even is so laughable and insulting and dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Laughable, insulting, dangerous. Dangerous. To use that language that they used that is a direct lift from what they've done to indigenous people in this country and to use it in modern day terms is dangerous. And uh, listen, if you ain't woke, you better get woke. Do you know what I'm saying? If you ain't woke, you better get woke. Because these are, uh, these are dangerous, 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 dangerous times. Dangerous times. And when a, a place like a Harvard cannot beat back the winds of wolves, I, I dare say nothing is safe. You know, nothing is safe. But we but we know that though, right? We've already we've already got that message. We've got that message legislatively and electorally. We've gotten that message loud and clear. So uh, uh so that's it. So huh. Anyway, let, let me just let me just get back into the new year. I'm back. It's 2024. Kevin Hart is coming to uh to the Schubert. Now, Quietus is kept. I don't I don't like seeing comedians live. Uh, so I'm not gonna go see Kevin Hart, but I think people should go see Kevin Hart because I think he's funny. You know what I mean? I think he's funny. I think he's funny. I think he's funny. So anyway, say <sighs> la vie. That's neither here nor there, as I would say, say to my my dear friend uh, Harry Drews. That's neither here nor there, Harry. Neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we let that go. I was just so annoyed by by uh, that president leaving her job, and, and I'm running a piece in the inner city about it, and how you know this march to go through her 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 uh, research, her academic research, and find you know I mean her academic research is from like out the late seventy eighties. <laughs> they going back now. They're like question stuff and question documentation and I mean that's just deliberate that's just you know that's just deliberate outright <sighs> I don't know uh, I will tell you though I uh, up in the New Haven Independent there's a, a obituary for Christine Carmichael uh, 74 years old who I, I grew up knowing uh, she was um, she was uh, a part of, of of my formative years as a young person, and uh, 
and uh and, and her son Stephen was dear friends with my brothers Robert and Mike and uh so I she she was my mother's contemporary I just didn't realize she was only uh 10 years old 14 years older than me I all this time I thought she was way older than me she was only 14 years older than me you know when you're a kid 14 years older than you is a lot but now that I'm in my 60s and she was just 74, the distance was not that great. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at this like, because my mother would have been 80-something. Uh, but she was my mother's friend. And uh, and uh, uh, she was a wonderful person. And, uh, and she looked out for us and looked over us, as she did all the children in the neighborhood, you know. So... So it was a very nice, uh, nice obituary. Had I found out earlier, I would have probably made my way to her service. I probably would have, uh, I probably would have made my way uh, to to. Uh, I'm I'm working. <laughs> I probably would have made my way to her service. Uh, I don't really know what her religious denomination was until I read the obituary. I I had no idea. So you know, uh, but. Uh, she uh she passed on and i believe uh i think it said stephen uh lives in albany so i don't know what brought him to albany god knows who wants to live in albany it's cold as all get up i think it's like snowing there now isn't it so anyway high five to uh my new alder Brittany, who is taking her oath today yesterday uh new year's day and uh i have to send her a little text and say congratulations uh on that uh, I like knowing who my older is and she came on the porch while she was campaigning. She, I think she came a couple of times and hung out a little bit, talked politics and talked about the community and what she wanted to do. I'm very pleased that people are still interested in running for office. It's no easy feat. It's not easy. Not one bit. So, uh, uh, so I'm glad that people do it. And she's young, you know, very young. So hopefully she can uh, realize some differences and uh, align herself with folks who are uh, have this interest of this city as a whole at heart. So that's a wonderful thing. I will send her a message thanking, congratulating her, uh, that kind of thing. So anyway, uh, I've got guests this week. Well, I got a uh, I got Joanne Wilcock coming in on Thursday to talk about parent leadership training institute plti which i did many 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 years ago out of bridgeport because we didn't have a new haven plti uh, uh org uh so i did it out of bridgeport and i did it for a few years and i i really enjoyed it and you know parent training leadership uh parent leadership training institute uh it helps parents empower Help, helps empower parents to be their best advocates for their kids and to and to get into community and build community. Uh, and it was a wonderful uh, opportunity. I actually, I went through the training and then I was a trainer for it, which was nice, which is really nice. I forgot what my project was, but it was something. I know. <laughs> it was such a long time ago. I can't remember what, what the hell I worked on. I think I started a book club. I want to say, I think I had a book club for a year or something. I think. 
I gotta go. I no, I'm not gonna go back and look at notes in no kind of way. But uh, I I know I I went through the training and I I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I, and I did the training in Bridgeport, and then I became a trainer in Bridgeport, which was nice, which is very nice. Uh, but anyway, Joanne Wilcox is a part of it here in New Haven. Now, they've had over the years on and off uh, Parent Leadership Training Institute. And so, for whatever reason, this didn't take hold, which is a funny thing because you would think New Haven would be rich and ripe to take this on. You know, because this this town is so nonprofit heavy and good goodwill doing uh, that it just seems odd to me. Uh, that it wouldn't take hold. But they're, they're once again resurrecting it. And she's coming on to talk about, you know, what they hope to do and where they're doing it and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be Thursday, which will be uh, the 4th. Because today is, today is Wednesday. So yesterday was my daughter Brianna's, I want to say she's 27. <laughs> Birthday. Uh, so she spent it in New York with some friends and she said back pictures look like she was having a good time. So uh, there's that. So we're we're in January. And uh, I went to the check cashing place, Connecticut State check cashing place, because I needed to pay a bill. And they gave me a 2004 calendar. I mean, a 2024 calendar. I don't know the last time I got a calendar given to me. I bought Chris Randall's uh, New Haven calendar. I bought one a couple of years before. Uh, and then I bought this year's. I have to put it up too. Because uh, I love a calendar. But but because I have this calendar, this one is going to stay right here in front of me so that I can use this to track my guests. And so it's like, it's, I don't know, it's like in a, uh, the American, the Scenes of America 2024. So here's a farm somewhere in in America, <laughs> and uh, and then they start from December 2023, which is really nice, so that you could have gotten this earlier, and then you you wouldn't skip a beat. So the the this is Providence, Rhode Island for the the 2023. Providence looking pretty damn good. I I never I don't think I've seen this vantage point. Well, yes, I have. I actually like going to. Providence, Rhode Island. They have a place called Plant City, which is so amazing. It's a vegan house. It's a vegan space, like a mall, but restaurants, vegan, all of it. Like three, three restaurants, Italian, Mexican, and an American grill kind of thing. And then they have a little shop, little coffee house. It's all very uh, cool. And so the January photo is the Badlands in North Dakota. So, so anyway, I'm excited. I, I've been wanting a calendar. I remember when I was a kid, you know, you would get a calendar if you went to the beauty salon or the barbershop. They would give you a calendar, you know, whatever the barbershop's name was would be on the calendar. Or they just give you a, a Black History calendar. You would They would just give you a calendar. And it was, it was like... It was like a great, uh, a, an amazing thing. I don't know if people would like to hang up calendars like, like they used to. I I do, though. So, I do. 
I do. I, I find the calendar necessary. And I, I feel some kind of way about a calendar that I buy it and then write on it. <laughs> a free one, I'll write on it all day. I don't care. But if I buy a calendar, that means I picked it for an aesthetic reason. And I don't want to mark it up. Isn't that crazy? That's just, just, that's just how I am. So, anyway. <laughs> don't mind me. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. So, anyway, uh, I got a calendar so I could write on it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to write on it right now. So, Thursday, 1015. Joanne Wilcox. And uh, and then I think uh, next Wednesday, uh, I've got Dr. DJ coming on. Don McCauley Jr. is coming on at 1015. Uh, and so I'm delighted uh, for him to come on and talk about his podcast which I was a guest on the other night. Uh, so that'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That would be really, really nice. So anyway, I've got, I've got lots to think about and uh, lots to do for 2024. I'm excited. The year is already shaping up pretty good. I did my cinnamon casting spell. I sure did. Uh, uh, when I left Ife's house New Year's Eve, we left at about 2 o'clock in the morning, I guess. 1, 2 o'clock, something like that. And uh, took some cinnamon and salt from her house and blew it through my front doors as I walked through the new year with words of encouragement and prayer and, you know, it's just speaking life into what I want to see happen for the new year, you know, particularly just for this first month as I do it all again on... Uh, um, February 1st. Uh, so as I am um, preparing myself to go back to the continent, I like being able to say go back to the continent uh, for an extended stay. Um, I'm excited. And, uh, and I get to, I get to continue the challenge. <clears throat> I get to continue the challenge. Oh, I've 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 gone. I'm back with my trainer Robert. Uh, it has been. Uh, he is. We are. We are serious about this weight training. My abs. I can feel them right now. <laughs> uh, anytime I make a move, I I feel every bit of that. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So he's got me on the ropes, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm committed. I'm very, very committed to this, and uh, I'm, I, I am. I feel good about the, about the journey. Uh, more so than I've ever felt. So, so I'm happy, happy about that. And uh, I'm trying to figure out. I'm looking for. Looking for stuff on my desk. Ugh. I'm telling you, I have more things. I need to take care of this too. 
<sighs> Let me take care of that next week. Let's see what else I got going on. So, oh, so, you know, it's the first day back. It feels good to be back. Uh, it feels good uh, to pay attention to current events. <laughs> I have been tuned out. I, I really have been tuned out. It has been a nice tuning out, I must say. Uh, and I think that does a body good when you when you can like not listen to news and not that's it's been really, really nice to sort of uh not have to deal with that. And uh I'm very excited by that. So I got some stuff I need to do uh, other than that. So let me see what else is going on in the world, beautiful people. Uh, it feels weird to come back at, at, on a in the middle of a week. You know what I mean? <clears throat> in the middle of a week. Because it is the third. It's the middle of the week. And then there's Thursday, Friday. Oh, for all you hateful people out there who want snow, you're going to get you some this weekend. <laughs> uh, don't be like Dr. Jackson talking about uh, Dr. Uh, Tamiko Jackson MacArthur who wants plowable snow. I saw that post, girl. Oh, I think we got to get plowable snow. <laughs> I was like, so I think, I think they said Saturday? Saturday or Sunday. So... Although, although I am, uh, I am saying a thing about it. Um, I kind of want a little bit of a dusting of snow. Although driving up to Litchfield County a few weeks ago for a story for a CLP stuff, uh, listening session, um, there was a lot of snow happening. So it's not like I didn't drive in it already or see it, you know. But I, I mean, I, I guess if you live in New England, you kind of want a little bit of a snow to make it feel like I'm in New England. So I get it. I'm torn. Not really. I don't really like snow anymore because I'm older. Uh, but when it comes, it's quite pretty. I think that's all I want to say. It's a Sunday. So Sunday, 80% chance of snow. It doesn't matter to me these days because I don't leave my house to, to have to come downtown or or uh, go to the inner city anymore. Uh, I don't have to do that. I am rooted here. So so a snowstorm is not gonna uh, bother me. I think what I will do is uh, make sure I just have provisions as my Caribbean sisters and brothers would say. Just make sure I have some provisions, uh, you know, I have my colonoscopy uh, next week, next Tuesday. So I won't be here Tuesday. I'll be back. I'll be here Monday. I'll be here Wednesday, but I won't be here Tuesday because I got to go get this colonoscopy. Now we don't schedule this colonoscopy has been changed three times. So I'm getting it done. 2024 is getting done. So it's getting done. So colonoscopy. Let me put this on my calendar. <laughs> and then uh, uh, 
Yeah. So there we go. And I'm good. I tell you what I did do though. I I binge watched um Yellowstone. You know this 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 drama, this western thing with Kevin Costner and these players. And uh and they had a on Paramount network. Uh so they they had a marathon. Uh so I missed the first half of it. Not the first half of it, but I missed the first few episodes of it, I guess. To tell me how this thing got started, uh, but I w I watched it and I was sick, so it was nothing else I could do but watch TV. But it was such good TV watching. My family is crazy. Them Duttons, they are wild as all get up. Wild. It's a good story though. Nice to see Indigenous people working. Nice to see, because, I mean, you can't be out there and not have indigenous people. I mean, it's the West, for God's sake. So, uh, and then they've got a couple of spinoffs, uh, 1891 or whatever it is, and 1923. So I I might. And one has uh, uh, Harrison Ford, and one has uh, Helen Mirren. Uh, so, and then I think uh, Matthew McConaughey is coming on to do a spinoff, too, I think, one of them. Uh, you know, and I, I just think he's such a good looking man uh, that he could he could easily play a cowboy and be believable because he's, you know, he's got some hotness to him. Uh, he's got some hotness. Uh, so. Uh, and so does. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? The guy that's playing him. The, the, who, who's his went through a bad divorce. I'm like, you know, you need to stay out, stay out of somebody's wedding. You need to not be married to nobody. And then you got uh Kevin Costner. You know, he married this chick and uh she pumped out a bunch of babies and she wants a lot of money. Listen, I'm not I don't got no dog in that fight. Uh <clears throat> I'm not gonna say nothing. Uh but uh, you know, Kevin Costner, he's 68 years old. His birthday is coming up. So he's he's good looking, I must say. For 68, he is very, very good looking. I mean, I thought he was good looking as a younger man, but uh he is he is good looking. And uh I don't know, he's married to somebody who Christine uh, Baumgartner, they're divorced. Wait, yeah. So, uh, um, so she was married to him. They got married in 04. They got, a, I don't know how many kids they got. She's 49. Um, so they got three, uh, one kid, Caden Wyatt Costner. I guess, you know, I was trying to keep up with these. She's so she's forty nine. So she was married to him from oh four to twenty three. That's a that's a long time. That's a that's a long time. That's a long time. So Jewel is dating Kevin Costner. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh boy. So, all right. I mean, she put her time in. Pay her what you owe her. Just, you know, pay her. And, uh, pay, pay her. And just be done with it. Don't, I, I don't understand. Whatever the drama is, you could, you could shut that down. I want to invite people. When you're getting divorced, don't, don't, don't do what these fools are doing. <laughs> you know, even if you think it's unfair or whatever, I mean, everybody know what their part was in the marriage and in the demise of the marriage. Just, you know, you got kids looking at you and y'all are celebrities. So this stuff is going to live on the internet forever and ever for the searching, you know? And, and when you start that, When you start those those conversations about oh this and that and the other thing, uh, you you it becomes problematic. You know, don't put your don't put your baggage out there like that when you got kids. Just shh. <laughs> you you have attorneys. Just let them fight it out behind closed doors, very expensive closed doors, and then you go on about your business. You just you just keep living your life. You know. And uh and 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 just you know, remember what y'all were to each other before it became contentious. You know, I, I ran a I ran a divorce support group for ten years. I've seen every manner of divorce there is, every manner of it. And people are mean and revengeful and you know. And they don't care if they have kids. They they will weaponize kids against each other. They will use their kids against each other. Uh, they will do all manner of things. And uh and it's it's painful. And so I would I would just caution them if I if I was counsel. I would just caution them to, and I'm not counsel, I'm just playing one on the radio. I would just caution them to think about these children that will be able to surf this information out. Their friends will surf this information out. Their colleagues at wherever they are, because these kids are still young kids, right? They're young. Uh, you know, everybody will be pointing and looking at them and and there's no no way of getting around that. The only way you get around that is if you don't put any ammunition out there uh, so that it comes back to hurt, haunt. So I'm just saying, <laughs> don't mind me. I'm, I'm no attorney. I just play one on the radio. I'm just saying, you know, but people get into these, you know, they get mad because if somebody says something, and you take it the wrong way, and you hear it, you're mad. I mean, you just, I heard that, and then it's on and on and popping. And then you feel like you got to respond. And then it becomes a ba-bing, ba-bong, ba-bing, ba-bong, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, anyway. Let me shout out Susan Klinner. Gave me a wonderful Christmas gift. Thank you for the beautiful Christmas gift of, uh, uh, a, a wonderful piece of art uh, from Shonda Holloway. It's beautiful. I'm going to put it up. 
Uh, I, I appreciate that. I've got some really nice, lovely gifts from people. You know, I'm looking, I'm kind of looking at stuff. This is all around me. Kind of, kind of looking at stuff. So, um, uh, so today my goal is to find a container for my daggone coffee. And, uh, I gotta find me an airtight container. And that might just be a, uh, like a TJ Maxx or a Home Goods kind of run and see what's, what's on the shelves. All the Christmas stuff. Oh my God, I walked into Marshall's yesterday. You all the Christmas stuff is 70% off. Now, if this was like a decade ago, I would have jumped at everything. All the wrapping paper, all the Santas, all the things. Not so much. <laughs> now they got all the uh, Valentine's Day stuff, which I absolutely am a gaga for. Ah, all the It took everything I had to wrestle myself out of the store from buying Valentine's Day stuff. I can't buy anything because I don't have no place to put anything. So I'm I'm not stupid, you know. So I, I so I couldn't buy any of the Valentine's Day stuff. So I just leave it where it is. And just like, oh, oh, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time in the world for some of us. Um, and in other parts of the world, it's not a good time. And, you know, this speaks to what I always say, that we have the capacity to hold space for for sorrow and celebration, for, um, you know, disaster and, 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 and um, building. So, um, and it's okay to hold space for the duality of life and the duality of, what is happening in the world. Uh, I am so concerned about what is going on in Congo. I'm so concerned what's going on in the Ukraine. I'm so concerned what's going on in, in, in Gaza. I, I don't know how we as human beings allow for this. And we are allowing it. We are absolutely allowing it to happen in real time, right in front of our very eyes. Uh, I, I don't know how we... I don't know how we do it as if as if we 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 have some other planet to go to or people have some other lands that they can go and inhabit you know without fear you know I, I just don't and all it is is land like we could all peacefully live together on the land you know we, we absolutely could but we are choosing not to with every with every gun raised, with every bomb lobbed, with every hostage taken, with every with every renunciation of peace, we are choosing this destruction. We are choosing genocide. We are choosing it. We are embracing it and running full swift into it when we are allowing for this. Uh, and uh, and that could make people feel very hopeless about what they can do. But you know, you still have tools. You can, you can call your congressional leadership. You can lean on your elected officials. You can write letters, send money in solidarity. I mean, there we're not we're not helpless. And it may seem like it's not enough, and it doesn't go far enough. But if we keep pushing, um, if we just keep pushing, we'll make a way. 
So uh, I'm going to take a break. Then I'll be back on the other side. Maybe I'll make me a little tea. But I'll be back. What you going to play now, Harry? I'll be back. The power of love. <laughs> Give me the Barry White, baby. <laughs> Hi, this is Babs Girls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. on the phone, three o'clock in the morning, yeah, talking about how she can make it right, yeah, yeah, happiness is when you really feel good about somebody, there's nothing wrong being in love with someone, yeah. 
she'll promise you more than the Garden of Eden And she'll carelessly cut you and laugh while you're bleeding But she'll bring out the best and the worst you can be Blame it all on yourself cause she's always a woman to me It's nice to be back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year! <laughs> it, is, it is good to be back. Back, back, back. 2024 is shaping up to be 2024. Lots of good things. Lots of babies in the air. Babies in the air. Lots and lots of babies in the air. Oh, my God. I, I, I just feel like life is just giving us so many good gifts. Right, Right in front of us. Right in our circles. Right here, just right here, we're getting all this, all the blessings of uh, life, just lifing. So I couldn't, I could not be happier, happier. I'm working on my health in ways that I haven't worked on my health in a very long time. I've got some projects coming up that I'm so ridiculously excited about. I could barely contain myself. I'm looking forward to uh, the year of Baldwin. Ife and company are pulling off 100 years of Baldwin. And you know what? Baldwin is so relevant right now. I can't even, it's, he's been relevant forever and ever. But right now, people, more and more people are tapping into the Baldwin mystique and the, and the Baldwin uh, intellect. 
and it is it is glorious to see. So, and I'm looking forward to doing my part for the for the year, Baldwin. We gonna do some salons on that porch, baby. We gonna do some salon, some porching, and we gonna have some Baldwin inspired cocktails and some Baldwin inspired conversations. So, you know, watch out for us. But that's that's way late into the summer. But uh, Ife's got some stuff planned, and and she'll come on and she's gonna talk about this. She's gonna come on and talk about the year Baldwin. And there's the messaging is already out there. So, uh, so, uh, so now would be a good time if you haven't read any Baldwin to get it. My, my good friend, um, Amazaro gave me a signed copy of a first edition of a Baldwin book that I treasure. So, you know, listen, uh, she has given me, uh, a, a Baldwin book. She has given me Toni Morrison first edition signed book. Uh, and you know, for, you know, for a bibliophile like myself, I mean, you can't, that, I mean, that's just like gold. That's like somebody giving me a, a platter of gold. <laughs> that's, seriously, that's it just that's just what it is. A platter of gold. So and uh now I'm gonna second her into something that has nothing to do with Baldwin or hundred years of Baldwin. But I gotta go buy a dollar store because I need a I need a broom because I need to clean the cobwebs from all the spaces uh, so I could get to cleaning up the space so I could get to painting and measuring. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of dust. And I've got time in the afternoons to sort of start doing that and measuring, taking measurements, uh, that kind of thing, because uh, it's, uh, it needs it. So, hey, Harry, happy new year. Hey, Babs. Oh, look what? at you, right behind me. You're behind the shoulder. I always got your back, Harry. Always got your back. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? I'm, listen, it's the new year, Harry. I mean, you know, new new beginnings. You know, Tom and Lucy had the baby. I know. I, you know, she was uh, at least a week late, right? Because I think she was due the 22nd. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She was. Quite ways late. Um, that, that baby was like, "I'm not ready." <laughs> who is ready to come out into this world? <laughs> so, so mother and mother and son are doing well. But I got good news. What's the good news, Harry? So, scientists warn uh -oh. <laughs> that a zombie. Deer disease that is running rampant in the deer community could jump to humans. I mean, you know how this is how it ends, right, Babs? Yes, this is how it begins. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a zombie deer disease. Um, and you know, they're warning that I, I guess don't go. So, how do we how do we not get it as humans? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I guess we don't mate with a deer or something. Uh, or stop hanging around deer or stay out of deer country. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> stay out of deer country. That means we got to leave. <laughs> deer all over the place over here. Harry, did you watch the movie The Creator? Did you watch it? I did. You sent me that link uh, the, the that you liked it. I, I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I will tell you this. Um, this guy sounds like his father. Oh what? Oh yeah, he does. 
I mean, it, there's, there's certain parts that if you're not looking at it, you think it's Denzel talking. You yeah, know? Well, I mean, you know, he has his son. I mean, he's going to sound <laughs> like him. He's going to look like him a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it was it was interesting. You know what I enjoyed that I did see over this holiday? Um, Leave the world behind. Have you? Oh, seen I didn't. It? I didn't. I didn't watch that yet. Is it good? That's the Obama flick. Is it good? Um, I hear it's thought provoking. It is good. I, I mean, I, I like all this dystopian stuff. So me too, Harry. I like. You know what I? You know I particularly love when people have to get out of Dodge and they can't. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. <laughs> Because that's what's going to do us in, Harry. Traffic. Traffic is going to do us in. Exactly. And then the thing is, is that traffic, then you add the, you know, the the self-driven cars that have a mind of their own. <laughs> Harry, I'm not, I'm not for that. I, there's just, I just draw the line with some AI stuff. I just, I don't want to get in a self-driving car. The thing is, is that what's really, you know, people are saying it's thought provoking, but I think what's provoking the thought, especially on the internet, is that former President Barack Obama is the executive producer. So people are saying, did he lend? His expertise, you know, with that secret information that he, oh my God, at, at, at his fingertips. Well, you know, when you're executive producer, you know what that means, Harry? <laughs> it's not your story. It just means you put your name on it and you get all the players together to make the film. That's that's all it is. I, yeah, I've been but, on the films, so. But you see, you're, you're oversimplifying it here, Babs. I know, because people are stupid. <laughs> no, he actually went. Into his classified information. Oh. And, you know, remember that we have. Well, I guess that's better than hiding it in the bathroom. I that's what I, I, don't... Well, that's what I was just going to say. Remember, we have a couple of presidents who have uh, classified information in one, one in their garage, the other at, one in the bathroom. At, at, at the house. <laughs> so I guess it's better to put it in front of the world where they could, could really convict you because you. You let out a classified information and put it into a script. All right. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I've not watched it, it but I'm going to watch it because I keep hearing so much about it. But I, I really wanted to watch the creator because I, I love, I love the way they, you know, they always, there's always got to be the villain. They set up Asia, like some nondescript Asian as the villains, right? Like the, the provocateurs and the, and the producers of this artificial intelligence and this mass producing of these humanoid kind of things who want their own rights and they want their own, you know, they want their own survival and, and then to, and then to put it in a child, which is, you know, to me, just the Christ story all over again. Right. Like, cause it's hard to kill a kid, Harry. Like it's, although they was trying to do it, um, but people of conscience can't do it. See, that's the thing. So, you know, it's one thing if you put it in a grown-up, make it look like a grown-up, then you feel compelled that this is the, you know, the end of humanity and we got to kill it. But if you put it in a child, that's a different, that's a different order. 
Uh, so I appreciated that aspect of it. Got me thinking about that. And uh, well, and it turned out to be his kid, right? I mean, clone, but was it his kid? I didn't get that part. Yeah, yeah, because it's his wife who actually you you saw they show that scene where she's actually working on the child, and and the guy says, you know, she, he create she created whatever the kid's name was from his baby. Oh. So that made it more complicated <laughs> for him. I mean, he wasn't going to kill the kid anyway, but that that would that would be an impossible, well, is it? Would it be? It's like... Oh, there are people who could kill kids, Harry, without any problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. But if you're a person... I mean, it's going on right now in Gaza. People don't have no problems killing kids. <laughs> all over the world, Babs. All of, all, listen, Gaza, Congo, Senegal, I mean, uh, 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 Sudan. We don't listen here, here in New Haven. Like, people don't got problems killing kids, right? But, but like you said, if you're a person of conscience and you would you, knowing that this is the, the weapon that would destroy humanity, would you get rid of the kid? Would you? <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> you would be able to do it. Oh man, I I'd say my prayers about it. I'd be like, listen, I. <laughs> I mean, do you have to? It's a robot. I, no, I could do it. You could. First of all, it's not human. I I would never see it as human. So I don't give a damn if it if it could open a door and you know <laughs> moonwalk. I'm killing it. <laughs> you be like, I don't care about your Michael Jackson. I don't dude. give a damn about. <laughs> I don't care. I'm killing you. You was well, not birth. You were created. It's the it's the old. Um, you remember the the question of if you could go back and kill Hitler, would you? Yes. You would. If yes. You go back and kill Hitler as an infant. I'd put a pillow right over his head. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the crisis of conscience. It's like yeah, no, my conscience would be very clear if I was certain. Like if I could go back and that was certain, but the, you know, but the only part of that, Harry, is that if not Hitler, it would have been something. It would have been somebody else, and probably something more sinister. Well, it, and the thing is, is that nature they, hates a vacuum. So they said they well, they send you back to kill Hitler. It's not Hitler. It's a, I mean, it's a child looking up at you, looking for guidance. Yeah, with a, a pillow coming at your head. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, listen, kid, listen, listen. It's not the you know, least of the You, don't, you don't know this, but you're going to grow up and you're going to do dastardly things. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Oh, no, I could do it, Harry. I I'd, I'd have to. Listen, if I could go back in time and kill the first white people that came to take slaves, oh, I would do that, too. <laughs> You would have to go I, I, further to kill slavery. Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'd be happy to do it. I'd be like, what? All the okay. way back. <laughs> I'd go all the way back. It, you have to go all the way back and kill Adam and Eve. I'd go all the way back. <laughs> you have to go all the way back, kill Noah, who enslaves his own child. Listen, I'm an equal opportunity. I could do it. <laughs> you have to go way back. I have to go way back. Can we take it back? Yes, we can. Can we go way back? Yes, we can. We'll be like, well, wait a minute. And then 
is the conscious of Christ. The, I mean, the crisis of conscience, right? You say, if I kill this person, what does this change? Is humanity even existing past this point because the ripple effect, the butterfly effect? You don't know. Oh, I, that's what I mean, Harry. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say yes, but I also understand nature hates a vacuum. So something would have to replace that. So something, you know, something worse, something probably bigger, something more egregious would have to replace that, right? So, so I don't know. I would just, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Did you know there was a Godzilla show, a Godzilla series on? Uh, yeah, Monsters. Um, yes, on my Apple daughter was watching it. I, she was in the kitchen and she had it on her little phone. I was like, what the hell is that? She was like, Godzilla. I said, Godzilla now? She's like, it's a joke on monsters. Yeah, I, I mean, I I saw the preview and everything. Actually, I was going through all the apps that I paid that I don't see. Uh -oh. <laughs> and I was like, Apple TV, I know I'm paying for this. It's part of my Apple One or something subscription anyway. And yeah, so it looks, it actually looks great. I know my my daughter watches it. She likes it. And there's an app, um, a Godzilla movie, a new Godzilla movie. Oh, um, but it's, I think it was made in Japan. But and you know, you know, it's all subtitles, perhaps. You know, I I can't. No, I don't care, Harry. I know you. You. Don't I care. don't care one way, one bit. But actually, I saw, I saw a movie recently. It was uh, an Indian. A native, a native, Native American movie of the 1600s. I think it was about the Mayans, mm. and I was like, "Oh God, subtitles," you know. And it felt like I went through the whole movie not realizing that I read the whole movie because it was so good. I forgot what it was, but yeah, I, I mean, I could do it if it catches my interest immediately. But I can't be 15 minutes into a boring movie waiting for it to get exciting and and ha get I'll get a headache reading it on screen like that. What? <laughs> it has to catch it has to catch me like this for me because my eyes start darting. I'm I have you know attention deficit disorder. So you have to actually for me to stay focused on something, you have to grab me immediately. What are you five? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it's called the it's called the build up, Harry. <laughs> no, I can't do it like that. It has to like grab me immediately. Even yeah. books. When I'm reading a book, that's why Audible was just like godsend because even throughout school, I always had a problem. I would have to read a paragraph like five times <laughs> to gra grasp it because my attention's all over the place. Gosh. Yeah, I was just like, I'd be like, my mind is darting all over the place all the time. <laughs> That's why I have to do five things at the same time. Oh, That's Lord. how I figured out how to do it. Even sleeping, Babs, I have to have the radio, I have to have earbuds with something playing in the background for me to sleep. Wow. That's how my mind works. So 
Okay. Uh, well, you figured it out for yourself. I figured it out. I I learned how to take tests by playing music in my head. So I always had a song playing in my head while I took a test. So I was singing while taking a test and I realized, oh, wow, this is it. You know, I was able to take tests that way. But yeah, it's hard. So that's why it's not that I don't like the subtitle movies. I put subtitles <laughs> on everything. I put subtitles on everything. But <laughs> when it's just that, it it's becomes difficult. You know. <laughs> wow. anyway, there's some new laws in Connecticut. Oh, what? <laughs> Starting two days ago, January 1st. Um, so a new state law requires online dating operators. Oh, shoot. Right? To adopt policies for handling harassment reports by in between the two parties. So I guess in Connecticut, and I don't even know what dating services are based in Connecticut, but um, I guess they, they didn't have any way to solve harassment. So I guess. Like, like you can't just call the police? I know, right? Like, <laughs> but I guess people expect the dating site to stop somebody from stalking them after you gave them all your information. But I, anyway, so that's a new isn't that the police job, though. I'm like, <laughs> and and good news: Connecticut is raising its minimum wage to fifteen. Well, they raised it as of January first to fifteen sixty nine an hour, which is now. More than double the federal minimum minimum wage. Huh. The federal minimum wage is still only seven dollars and twenty. Oh my God, Harry! <laughs> Isn't that insane? Where the hell? What is that? That's. <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't know. I remember when I first started working. I think the minimum wage was three fifteen an hour in New York City when I was working in New York City. So, I mean, <laughs> I remember that Harry would feel like he struck it rich with $15.69 an hour. But of course, the cost of living is like quadrupled since Gosh, then. you can't do not with $7 an hour. Well, uh, well it's $7.25 an hour, Babs. <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> I don't know what's going it on. It costs more to get to work. <laughs> I know. You can't. As a matter of fact, if you have a job making $7.25 an hour, there's no way, and you have a car, there's just no way you could fill your tank up and make money at the end of the week. No. Impossible. And Gosh, I, That's terrible. Nobody's getting paid that. I doubt anybody's getting Well, you know, I, I think it's not showing it here, but I think that um, the wait staff, like waiters and waitresses, I think they went to a static um, hourly rate, wait rate this year too, because you know, waiters and waitresses have been working at less than minimum wage because, for like a hundred years. Yeah, because they get tips, tips. that are supposed to. Which, by the way, the IRS announced that they're going after tips and stuff. So, so 
<laughs> Good luck. No, with that. No, nothing with organized crime, though. No, no. Oh, no, no. Okay. Oh. <laughs> the extra $50 you make that week on tips, you better report that. <laughs> so. Golly, hey, Harry. The federal government needs money, man. I guess they do. Not, not from they... the rich. Not from the rich. No, that's too much. That's too much. God, God forbid we asked him for some money. <laughs> I know. God forbid you make Jeff Bezos pay something. <laughs> no. Make that... What do you mean? What do you mean I have to dock a yacht? What? <laughs> <laughs> now, use the money that you were going to use to move that bridge <laughs> and pay taxes. But no, no, no. Go after the waitress's money. That's better. Gosh. <laughs> so the uh, they also you know change the rate, right? So there's a three percent rate on the first ten thousand to from the from ten thousand to twenty thousand. Two percent, you know, and then it goes up gradually, five percent for forty thousand, and so on. It's a progressive rate, so. I mean, no. Oh, I don't think the tip law or the the uh the law passed for the waiters. Oh, it didn't pass. Oh, that's members hard. of the Connecticut General Assembly wanted to revisit a legislative proposal to eliminate the lower minimum wage assigned to hourly employees. You know, they they get um Connecticut's minimum wage for tip workers, uh, since twenty seventeen, Harry is six dollars and thirty eight cents for wage oh, staff. God. That's and less eight, $8.23 no, $8 for bartenders because the tips are expected to bring those wages up to at least a full minimum wage. And in the cases where they don't, employees are required by law to pay the difference known as the tip credit. Wow. So whatever you don't make, if your tips don't add up to bring you to minimum wage, an employer has to make up the difference. So why don't they just start off paying a damn minimum wage? Like why? <laughs> I don't know. And then whatever the tip is is extra. Like exactly. don't even count it as income. How much tip can it be? It's not like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> Harry. I want to know how much how much tip money because you go place, Harry. There's like eight million waitresses, right? Or maybe maybe four or five waitresses. How much how much tip money do you think that they are making? And then on, a, you, on a good day. Right. Well, you have to remember these people pull their tips too. Well, yeah, see, that's it. <laughs> that's not right. And, and they have to revisit it? What? <laughs> Is that hard? Oh, you gotta you gotta ask when you have one of these uh people from the legislature. What the hell? What the hell is that? Why can't they have a static rate and then keep their I mean at least have the state not charge them for their tips right the federal government is going to go after you regardless they want their money but geez so you know you know the history of tips Harry what is it so the history of tips uh it has its it has its origins in slavery so the sub-minimum wage for tip workers was a direct legacy of slavery um, uh, it was created after emancipation to allow restaurants to hire newly freed black people, black women in particular, 
and not pay them and force them to live entirely on the new idea called tips. So we can't we can't pay you, but whatever you make in tips, that's what you make. So we are keeping those <laughs> slavery laws in effect. What in the yes. world is going on here? <laughs> Why? Why why are we doing that? <laughs> oh my God. Just the level of crazy that, you know, until the light of day is shined on it, you just have no idea that it's happening. Wow. Okay. So maybe somebody should have went to the up to the legislature and said that. I think people did. I think there are people fighting fighting for this as we speak. So imagine if you work at a strip club, Harry, and they make it rain. Do you have to report that money? I guess you do. You do. And well, you, who's, I would say, you know what? I only made a hundred dollars. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? So how is the? It's like the IRS said they're going after these tips and everything. It's like why and how are you going to prove how much? You, you, the only way you could do it is if you go in and say, "Well, this restaurant does this kind of business, and we believe that if you do this kind of business, this tips will probably look like this." Yeah, but how do you know? But that I know being cheap. <laughs> Right. And and people are. Yes. How do you know that people are, are giving the 20 percent tip that that um the IRS is going to average your tips to be around 20 percent? And it's yeah. like, wait, how do you know that? Some people don't tip at all. You know, so it's like, come on, I, I don't get it. And then now that you just said it's part of slavery, come on, boy. <laughs> So now you go into a place and you're like, damn. Uh, I, I mean, I tip well, Harry. When I'm able to tip, I tip well because I because I know this. I know what this what this history is. Uh, but you know, when you have to pool your money with other people, what if you're a better waitress than somebody else? That's the thing, right? What if so, you're nicer, your service is better than somebody else? You see, I've always had a problem with that. When they tell me they pool their tips, it's like. Where was it? I went some. I went to a, a one of those buffets. I forgot what. I went to some type of buffet, and they said, "Oh no, no, no the tips are included in the." I'm like, "Tips are included in the price? I don't think so." I forgot who I was with, but they were <laughs> they want a tip, and I'm like, "She's been coming back and forth, picking up our dishes and everything." No, 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 but it's included in the price. I'm like, well, I can't do it. I'm leaving money on the table. I always leave money on the table. <laughs> I can't see her come 20 times and then me just go, have a nice day. You know, because I, I just don't see anything like that. I mean, there are now when you go to certain restaurants, yeah. the money is included. So you'll see the 20% on the bill already. Mm-hmm. And then you could come out of pocket because you know she has that gratuity is pulled. That's why it's on the check. So you could come out of pocket and still give her or him something. So, I mean, but this is insane. Now I know I'm going to a restaurant. I'm thinking they're kind of slaves. No, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like what? And now you can't, and you can't unsee that, right? Like, you can't. yeah, it's like, <laughs> what? Like, I only, I know you're making six dollars an hour. I know you're making six thirty-eight an hour, and whatever the tip is, it's gonna have to get you up to 
whatever whatever minimum wage is. And you know, from six dollars, Harry, in Connecticut for six thirty eight to get to fifteen, whatever it is, that's that's a lot of tip. That's a lot of tip. Like that's a lot of tip. That's why they they ask that you per hour, right? At least twenty percent of your bill. And this is the thing. I actually saw an interview with, um, I think it was a waitress in New York where she was talking about how if she gives you all this extra service or not extra service, she's doing her job, but at the end of your stay, you don't you don't tip anything. She actually lost money that out. Yeah, because she only made the six dollars. Right. Right. See. Oh. <laughs> right. So if she's been waiting on you the whole hour and you don't tip her, she just made the federal minimum or even less. So it's like, I mean, so people, you got to have like a whole bunch of people within that hour. Yeah. To get close to you some kind to, of wage. wage. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I mean, if you don't have the money to tip, you don't, you tip what you can. I get right. it. And I mean, I've been in situations, Harry, where I've only had like a dollar on me or whatever or something. But I, 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 but I always, when I know I'm going to go out to eat, if it's someplace where, you know, it's a waitress involved thing, I'm tipping. I mean, I, I just can't not tip. And I tip well, generously, because I, ain't nobody waitressing to get rich. <laughs> they are really trying to survive. Yeah. Bartenders yeah. too, right? They, they just trying to survive. And now, and now you know they're making six an hour. You know they're living off their tips. Yeah. So yeah, you know, people, if you could tip well, tip well. Yeah. So because I know on a good night they probably could make a bunch of a bunch of money, you know, yeah. that sustain them, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure most people in that, you know, job. Can't wait till the weekend because I'm sure that's where they make most of their money. People are going out on the weekend, spending the the money they've earned and everything. Now you know it's like, oh, I wouldn't want to be. <laughs> no, jeez. Yeah. Uh, uh. Nope. I I like <laughs> I like playing a waitress on the radio. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a few different tax law changes. If you're interested in it, if you don't care and you just go do your income tax. <laughs> At an ancient block, I'm not gonna read it all. Go look it up. Yeah, go look it up. Go look it up. And then you have the bottle deposit fee. Oh yeah, that went up, Harry. Right? It went up. It doubled to ten cents. Right? You get okay. So you go. Now you get a refund of ten cents for each bottle, but the fee went up. So if you don't collect, if you don't go and get your refund for the bottles. You're paying $2.40 for each 12 or 24 pack of whatever, sodas or whatever. So you're paying an additional $2.40. Wow. And if you throw out that 10 cents, you're not making it back. I don't uh, I don't drink soda, so... I mean, I'll drink a Fox and Park orange soda every now and again, but I don't. I don't buy soda. That's that's my point. I don't buy it. I mean, we only buy soda. I think the last soda was gone. We only buy soda for like Thanksgiving and Christmas, 
and we let people take it with them, <laughs> you know, with the food, take everything. So, but I do buy water. Yeah, with water. Buy water. So that's ten cents for each plastic. So nut. maybe, maybe what you do, and we, I know we have to go. Maybe you put a filter in your in your water at your sink. So that now you don't have to buy water. You just buy glass containers to put water in. Well, that's what my yeah, that's what my son was telling me to start doing. Um, because he does that. And the thing is, is it's just so convenient. <laughs> to I just know. But it's bad for the environment. Although it it keeps the homeless folks. You know what's hilarious? I was watching a, a TikTok. I think it was a TikTok or an Instagram video of a lady who was upset that they wouldn't give her a plastic bag at the supermarket. <laughs> and she's like, so I went to the supermarket. I bought my bottled water, plastic. I bought my detergent, plastic. I bought this. She went through the whole... All, her, her, all, she bought, all the plastic. All the plastic. She bought Hellman's mayonnaise plastic. This, that, that. Everything's in plastic, but they, they won't, won't give her a little... They won't give her a bag. <laughs> and I was like, "What? You know what she?" But, but you know, Harry, she makes a good point. The, yeah, the, just the ridiculousness. <laughs> exactly. She's like, every, almost everything in the store is hardly anything is glass anymore. Everything is put in plastic. <laughs> so you can buy, you can take, you can kill the environment <laughs> with everything in the supermarket, but. No, that little plastic. That, that little plastic bag, though. And Harry, bag. I swear to God, low key, people save their plastic bags. Oh, of course. No, I buy them, Babs. You know, now I don't get them from the supermarket. I get them in stacks from Amazon or from Timu. Or I just order them. Oh, you could buy them like that? Yeah, I, that's what I do because I, I like the plastic bags because I use them, especially in the office. I throw my trash in. And I tie it and everything. So, you know, oh. you know, I have issues. I have my OCD issues. So I like to have a plastic bag there to throw my garbage in so that my gar garbage isn't emitting, emitting the smell that everybody else's garbage is. So my garbage is going the same. <laughs> it's weird. I, now I got to look into that, Harriet. So, oh, yeah. All right. So tomorrow, let's talk about Timo because I want to hear your thoughts on Timo. Don't tell me now. Tell me tomorrow. Well, it's awesome, but anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've read plenty of articles that... Listen, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Anyway, wait. Let me cue music. Let me go. With I'll, I'll be back tomorrow, y'all. Tomorrow's Thursday. Hold on. I can't find my music here. Anyway, so, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be in the office tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh, and I'll tell you a little bit of my my uh, Christmas break. I know. That's what I want to know. So tomorrow. So <laughs> thank you for listening to Love Bass Love Talk <laughs> on WNHHLP 103.5. Oh, Lord. Radio. It's the years of hip hop.
never underestimated Still waited, pumping the radio, finally they played it You wondered how come the album was late I was giving you time to get the last one straight The show must go on, I got something to dance to Slow it down and romance to, and give me a chance to Keep you in tune and up to par Then you're doing it with the R Doing it with the R Something new and to keep you doing what you're doing This is for you and your crewing For who and the for sanity I don't need no identity I see hands in the air That means many be cooperating I can't stop relating Hip-hop is making more sense when I'm stating Paragraphs and potential to prevent you from using my instrumental Keep in mind I meant to Illustrate another ill break immediately Hurry up and learn the words and repeat it with me Then soon you're in tune and up to par And then you're doing it with the R. The R. The R. Keep doing it. You keep doing it with the R. The R. In the summertime, pockets bulging. Something's happening, then I'm indulging. Music is mine, Gucci seats recline, go grill. A paint job or shine. Pull up in the park and then pop the trunk. Turn up the bass and let the system thump. A block party starts to form. People start to swarm. Loud as a ghetto blast, the word is born. Records remind you of the madness. The moment is played, you get glad. It's the return of the brother. Keeping you up to par. And you're doing it with the R. The R. The R. You know what I'm saying? The microphone fiend rock him in full effect. DJ Eric B need more records to wreck. To the Queen's posse.